0: You're about to listen to a message from the Life Point Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart.
1: Amen. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Hope you've been enjoying your weekend. Good to see everyone. All right. So we're going to um, dive straight into this. Um, in the last couple of weeks, um, in this month, we've been focusing on um, finances, finances, Right. Um, in the course of these weeks, we've understood that God wants the best for us. Um, he's not only concerned about our spiritual well being, but he's also concerned about our financial well being. Right. Um, so we've learned a lot about financial management and all of that. Um, I mean, a lot of messages over the last couple of weeks. Um, and it's been interactive for um, exchange um, in particular. So I'll be wrapping up by running us through a conversation today, right? Um, and the focus is keys to sustained relevance. Keys to sustained relevance, right? Um, and, and and it's, I'm going to ensure as much as possible that I share my personal perspective and my experience as um, as it connects to, as it relates to this particular conversation, right? And. I, I, I got excited when I got the message or the topic for today's conversation uh, because it, there was a time in particular. I know I was I was either in my second to final year or final year at the university that saw a topic similar to this um, was shared um, at the university there, the fellowship, and it turned my life around. It kind of gave me a perspective of who. Um, I was going to be and I'm finding myself still fulfilling um, that part and the particular person, um, so it, it was a gentleman who used to be at that um, fellowship just to give some context. Um, the fellowship was created for the so-called club boys then um, because obviously the lifestyle was such that you needed a separate way to get them closer to God right and so he was an alumni of that. Right, which meant when he was in school, he did all of that. And he shared the testimony about the fact that being participating there transformed his life, and he grew, on, grew with it, and he found himself in a function different from what he studied in school, because he had developed certain skill sets. Right? And I remember one, one of the ones that hit my, my, my mind there was, he woke up and then he was sent, his president couldn't travel, so he worked in an investment firm. Um, and i still know him right now and then uh, he was sent to, to a meeting in new york and he had to lodge at the world of astoria the first time i heard world of astoria was coming to america if you all remember that was the hotel where the father arrived so i was like wow and he was like wow me from i think he grew up in the me from that local Ibadan to you and then i'm finding myself having to represent the president um, of my firm in a prestigious and he had to sleep there because you know sometimes you don't have investor meetings. You have to stay where the investors are. And I was in my final year then, I think. And I said, if God could pick that local Lebar Boy and transform his life. Such that within three, four years, he's doing what a lot of even older people will dream of. Then I need to um, align myself to this. And the first personality in the Bible, God would draw my attention to was David, and it's still my one of my favorites, obviously, after Jesus Christ, right, um, in the Bible. And I'd like us to please read from the book of 1 Samuel, uh, chapter 17, verses 34 to 37. 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verses 34 to 37. And I'll quickly read. But David said to Saul, a little bit of context, um, David has been tending the sheep of the father, um, it was the youngest, um, the grown-ups who are more experienced on the battlefield, because Saul has said, from certain age and above, let's join, let's go and fight. Um, but they've been fearful, they've not been able to confront, and Goliath to come ahead of, uh, and say, just send me one Israelite, if you can defeat me, then you've won, and all of that story. And then David was sent to take food to his brothers in camp. And then um, he heard about that, ah, why is everybody scared? Oh, there's one Goliath who is spoke, spoken and nobody's able to confront him. And it goes to give his elevator pitch. So a lot of times we read the Bible and we just read it. Ah, there was the David, and then this was what he said. But what he did here was recite what we now call elevator pitch. Elevator pitch, they say, is you have, if you have it, two minutes in an elevator with someone that can transform your life, what are the things you will say and sell yourself that the next time you will say, can I have a meeting with you? That's what he did. Okay, so what he said was, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. That's, that's another funny testimony how can the lamb be in the mouth of a lion and he has not killed it and you able to yep and when he arose against me i caught it by its beard and struck and killed it verse 36 your servant has killed both lion and bear and these uncircumcised philistine would be like one of them seeing he has defied the armies of the living god moreover david said the Lord would deliver me from the paw of this lion and from the paw of the bear. He would deliver me from the hand of these Philistines. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. He killed it. That was it. That was his elevator, elevator pitch. And what did he basically do? He was letting Saul know. All what he summarized are years and months of every day go out similar to your elevator pitch, you just, you only have two minutes to say what you've been doing with your life. And there's never a time that is too late or too early to actually start building the profile. You've dealt with Lion and Bear, it's still different from Army, from facing someone who's been trained as a soldier for years. It's the same way I've been managing a small business don't despise that small business. You've been accountable very much concerning that business. Then you can handle an organization. All an investor wants to know that the small side business, shoe business I've been doing, I keep a track of all the financial records. I, sell, I separated the, that small business account from my personal accounts. Then investor knows I can give you a million dollars. Because if you could do that with that small business, you would do that with this big business. Simple as that. But a lot of times we read the Bible and we just focus on, but you need to know that you need to apply um, this into the um, current context. So like I said, it was an elevator pitch. And a few things I also want us to um, pick from that elevator pitch. Few skill sets David had. First, animal husbandry. That was a key thing. he was sent to be taking of the sheep, right? So he could have just said, Dad, fine. I make sure they eat well. I bring them back home. That's done. But in the midst of that, I dare to say, he ensured he could understand when a sheep had problem. Because it was not written, if you happen, I'm sure the Bible will have said it that oh well, a few sheep will die and others will come back. But none, no record. So, and it's not, I mean, sheep surviving, through, we all know, I mean, if I have an idea, if you've raised dogs before or any animal, some of them die. So I would say, further to just stay in and follow my dad's instructions, just go and feed them and bring them back home. He put himself, he went deeper, deepening his skills in animal under, earth boundary, to understand when they need to eat, to understand when they need water, to understand when they're in pain, to understand when they're sick right because you can also be given a function at where you are working and you just follow the books let me just do what I need to do to get by Third 25th of the month or 29th of the month to pay me my salary hey I'm gone but you can also go deeper and go beyond the call of duty so animal is boundary one I will also say within that pitch, he mentioned the fact that he cared for them otherwise why would he put his life on the line for those animals He also showed, within that pitch, accountability. That I could account for every of the sheep that was tendering. Within that pitch also, he also showed that he kind of, through that profession, was able to go into hunting. Even not necessarily that he wanted to hunt, but that's what you can typically call the fact that you can kill a lion and a bear. Then obviously, after killing it, I'm sure, he took it home and then um, they dined on it right so with that profession he identified some somewhat related profession or skill set um, and that's because it was in the hunting that he knew how to refine the stone how to use the, um, um, the sling um, to be able to kill um, animals that might want to attack the ship and guess what even though he didn't mention that in the pitch in the elevator, ele- elevator pitch he also learned to play music that's another skill set. Because guess what, remember the music, ability to play the harp, got him into the palace. Not the animal's boundary, not anything else. It was so good that they told his the story and Saul asked for him. So you can be an accountant, you can be a lawyer, you can be anything, but what else are you, how are you making yourself relevant as Akindele or as Emmanuel? Am I just doing what I learned in school? Am I just doing what is expected, the minimum expectation? Is that what I'm doing? How am I deepening the skill set? I want to ensure I, I touch on everything I've, I've put in here. What are we basically saying? He built a resume over time, a resume of animal husbandry accountability, ability to play music, um, hunting, using the stone and the sling and all of that. And when he had that two minutes opportunity, he sold it immediately with confidence. So if I'm going to be applying this, um, so I currently currently run, personally run a firm, two firms, I'm a part of um, two, three startups, some of them are all over the news and all of that, but it's easy to say, ah, But there's a story to it. So my first ever business was after secondary school. Um, A lot of my friends used to like Timbaland boots then, right? And thankfully, I had friends that would fly in and out. So I started that business. So I would buy from them and then resell, make some profit. Not because I wanted to pay any bill, but I started building an uh, entrepreneurship attitude mindset. I go into uni, and so there was a scholarship I won. So I used the money to go to London, right? But while in London, typically you go there and you just have fun. But I wanted a holiday job. So I got an holiday job and I used the funds to buy things for people to buy shoes and all of that. And that first time in London was, will be the first and last time my parents ever bought me a ticket. Because what happened was each time I bring goods, I will sell it, I had enough money. By the time writing my last paper, um for each of the years. I bought a ticket a week before. Right. So I'm dropping my pen two days after I'm in London again and I'm doing my holiday job and I'm coming back again. So but what that taught me, thankfully over that time was accountability. Accountability. So it got to a point where by my third year and fourth year, people would give me money give me money in advance before I even traveled. So I'm even using their money to enjoy myself because obviously I make some profit on it. Right, but because they also knew I'll be accountable to the last penny. And fast forward, um, before end of uni, um, I started like checky cars. Yeah, so I traveled and I saw the auto trader. So in the UK and US, it's auto trader where you have a car you want to sell. What is like checky right now? So I had a few friends. We started it, but because we we had um, different distractions, work, and all of that. That was my final year. That was my first business. But it also taught me, gave me an idea of incorporation. It gave me an idea of um, the articles. So I'm building my resume, unknowingly. i built the resume of I've been accountable for every penny, uh, accountable to be able to calculate profit and all of that, and then now to register a company, right? Fast forward, worked in KPMG. Um, and I took, I pushed myself when I was there. I wasn't giving the barest minimum. I was pushing. And that was because for me, also, I had known I was going to be an entrepreneur. So even during my interview stage, I was telling the manager interviewing me, that I'm going to be here for a few years and I'm going to leave and I'm going to start my business. So when I resigned, she called me and she said, um, Which of the businesses are you starting? The short thing is when you are leaving this house, ah, so where are you going to? You're going to Chevron or Mobile or Total. So she just called. And when I told her, she was excited because she, I maintained what I told her three years before then. What am I saying? Have a vision for yourself. Things don't happen. It, it looked ridiculous. Me that I didn't have a job, I'm telling somebody interviewing me, I'm going to be here for three years, I'm going to start a business. I had no cobble, But I was confessing it. I was confessing it. My school son called me two weeks ago. And was saying, "You used to remember then, when I'll force him to go and read in uni. And I'll be saying things like, oh, I'm going to be running different businesses. They used to look at me that this guy must be stupid. You're a student, you're not even, <laughs> you, do, you I mean, you're just a student. But, and he said, now he's remembering that I was basically just saying, and I didn't even remember. By now I used to just say things, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. Not because anybody, I don't have parents that could fund anything, but right and then and he realized that you just have to keep saying it and that's why i'm saying you need to know what you want everyone is ready to give you anything you want right but it's left for you to know what you want and then confess it um so fast forward businesses but the resume i was building helped to get me to where i am right now Um, including the personality what are you known for so i've had businesses where investor will call me and say ah, is there any um, business i can invest in and i was okay there's this thing starting up and he say, you know what are you there i'm not doing due diligence i'm well, let me know how much is it yeah i've had that this year like two no due diligence but because you are there you're part of it you a founder there okay I'll, I'll put my money in a startup i are not even started yeah so but you can build a resume you can build a resume. and So in terms of points I want you to take note of with these few minutes I have left, is having built different skill sets and dipping yourself, you also need to make your money work for you, separate of what you earn from efforts you put into business, right? Um, But more than ever before, in the last four days, I've been dealing with people close to me that things have happened to you, and I think it's more than important to mention, if you're talking about sustainable relevance, to mention this. As individuals, ensure that you understand your risk appetite, please. Ensure that you understand your risk appetite. And what do I mean? There are some, there are different investment tools, right? Real estate is one. Real estate is a long-term play, Your, your money will never disappear land will never depreciate. The only thing is it might not appreciate, <laughs> right? Exactly. So putting that money in those areas where if this money should disappear, you want to kill yourself, put money in real estate. But there's some other investment tools that I profit, I it, it you can they put one error today, it turns to 100 error. Only, only put money you can afford to lose in those things, please. And it has to do your risk appetite. Some people that earn 100 naira can afford to lose 60 naira, so they can put it in there. That's fine. But somebody else, the best is you put it only 10 naira there, because if you put 60, it's going to commit suicide. Yeah. Okay. I will delve. I will, I will try to explain why. so Allocate your different multiple income accordingly. Risk appetite is important. Please have a formula i've always had a formula since my kpmg days i know what i can put and i've lost money plenty but i'm still alive and i'm happy when i lose my hey thank god because i aligned it to what i can bear. i still lost money last one week right so just I'm, I'm going to be real with you right so i'll give you an example and i'll wrap up here so there was a mr a um, that made money early in life. Um, was, he, he had a good job, um, he was so rich in his 20s, already this kind of time, of, time of this generation, he had a Ferrari. He had a lavish wedding and all of that, but he misused the money in terms of this risk appetite. He put so much money in areas where um, he could, if he lost it, it would affect him, right? And he never recovered. Um, he also didn't have this allocation formula where this is how much I should spend this is how much I should sell and all of that so he ended up just living an average life uh, there was a Mr. B also who also is a, um, had a great job high flyer, he wanted multiple streams of income um, but he took more risks than he should right? Uh, and he almost took his life, that's Mr. B in wrapping up and I'll tell you about Mr. A and Mr. B at the, end of, at the end of the day. These are what I suggest. One, ask God what plans he has for you. I personally have a vision board. So everything that's happened to me in the last couple of years, including writing down, oh, I'll be interviewed by CNN. I think I wrote down November, December last year. And it didn't make sense. And then two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was on CNN Global. It's not a fluke. So it's God. So I'm, so I'm going to be real with you. Write those things down, because when you put it on paper and you're seeing it, you're basically telling God, "I've told you I've written it down it's left to you got to do. right? You've committed to it. but it, it has to align with what God wants for you. Because my being on it was, obviously, I'm telling people I'm going to link it to God. so there must be a reason and God must be behind it, right? Um, two is drop a plan. Be flexible enough, but draw up a plan. So, you want to run businesses. What do you need to, to know? You're running businesses. How small can you start to draw up a plan and to work with it? I'm reading a lot of books. One of the first books that, um, that transformed my life was um, um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I read that book in my year two, it transformed my life, right? Then, um, Richest Man in Babylon, those two books were the first books. Then, Posts, Uni, another book was um, Success Principles by Jack Canfield, um, And that's where I learned the, the art of vision. Anything you, have put, you write down, you put in your mind, and you're looking at it periodically, and you're confessing, and put it in the tense of, oh, if you want to go to the moon, I see myself on the moon, enjoying and talking to people. So you're putting it in like it has happened already. Right. Um, maintain a vision board if you can. I'll encourage you. Um, Allocate accordingly, uh, your finances. Um, seek professional guidance. What do I mean? Um, you want to invest? Why don't you ask people in those in that industry and so let them be your sounding board. Let them advise you accordingly. Don't be too. I don't want them to know my no. It's a reason. If you want to invest in medicine or in a hospital, talk to a doctor friend. Make sure it makes sense. Right. So seek that help. Um, One key thing I need to emphasize, no matter what happens in any financial decision you take, Mr. A, that I said made a lot of money, had a Ferrari, lavish wedding, is an uncle, he died yesterday. Mr. B, that I said was a good flyer, um, wanted multiple streams of income, took more risk and all of that. Currently, he took some drugs on Thursday to commit suicide but thankfully it's coming out of it. So for me, Holy Spirit asked me to come to tell this because I'm seeing real life around finances. Be careful where you invest, know your risk appetite, Um, have a vision board, You you can achieve anything. Keep confessing it, build your resume, so that when you have the opportunity in the elevator, You'll be able to articulate clearly what you've done. And no matter, how, how, even if it's a side business, the fact that you did that side business well, then you've built a resume to be able to manage it. Dangote is the truth. There's no difference. It's just the value, the zeros behind it. So you manage the 1,000-era business well. You can also manage the 1 billion-era business well. Same thing. Same thing. Okay. God bless you.
2: All right, praise God. Please, can you put your hands together for him again? If you are clapping. I think what I really love about this is practical, straight to the point. Um, and I think I can, it um, strikes a chord with me because these are things that I've also seen in other people's lives too, and maybe some in mine as well. Hopefully God will help us to higher heights. All right, so like we did in the morning service, we're just going to do a quick Q&A. So we have two questions that we're going to ask prepared um, but if anyone in the room has a question you can just signify and we'll take it so i'll ask the first one and then you will take the second question okay sure all right um okay so this one says if abundance is for all locations then why is everyone trying to jackpot Why is there so much hunger and lack even among Christians in Nigeria? Whenever prayers for provisions are prayed in churches, you're bound to get a resounding amen because everyone is looking for abundance. So is there something about this location that is broken? Is there something about this place that is making it seem to not work? Hmm. Okay, so why is everybody
1: wanting to Jaqua? I dare to say in this same location, right Um, once you've heard God so location on earth is different from position in God right your position is God is such that you are not supposed to lack anything Um, like a tree planted by the um, riverside streams of water your leaves and all of that Um, practically is where your mind is at that's where I see it so, if you have you've gotten spoken to God and you can get his word and fix your mind on it, right? Um, in terms of business or in terms of uh, career path, right? Um, I believe you make your position in God, transpose it to be, also happen in your location. So, it has nothing to do with, I'm in Lagos, I'm in Ibadan. I'm in Nigeria, I'm in Canada, um, and that's my own honest um, position I've been concerning this. Um, oh, am I also seeking opportunity? Maybe because of the family. I'm sure so I'm also being real, but not because, oh, and I just still have a second passport, that I can wake up and travel anytime. Not because there's a financial struggle, right? I've, I've cleared that with God that I know my position, I'm not lacking anything. So wherever I wake up every day, yeah, that position has to happen. And if I'm not seen, I have to be calling it because I know, I have that confidence that it exists. Right, yeah.
0: Thank you very much, sir. So the next question goes like this. What are some ways you could recommend to actively deal with a salary mindset? I don't have an entrepreneurial bone in my body. The money I make from work is my only source, and it attends to all my needs, both for myself and for my family. How do I break free from this mindset? What are some practical steps to breaking these limiting mindsets?
1: Okay, so it appears that this person, even though the salary covers what he or she needs, wants more, aspires to... I don't. So the first thing, I don't think you necessarily... Um, must be an entrepreneur if you're not called to be one, especially full time, right? Otherwise, you suffer <laughs> if you're not called. You're not called to, to do it, right? Um, I think if I were, if I to talk to talk to the person, I'd probably ask, "What do you enjoy doing?" Because most of the time, the deepening your skills, there's something you're good at. Something you're good at. If you can find that thing, you can actually build a side hustle around that thing.
0: So, must somebody have a
1: side also? Pardon? Must somebody have a
0: side?
1: I mean, so if the person wants extra income, then there has to be a side also. Not necessarily a business. It can be. So I give an example. Um, David's time, he could play the app. So side also, I'm being careful because side also doesn't necessarily mean business. Or I'm an accountant and I'm selling shoes. Not necessarily. So David would tell you if David was studying here, he would say, "Oh, I love playing. I love playing the app." And I dare to say. He was paying it because he enjoyed it. So when Saul invited me, invited him, it's not written in the Bible, but in my own opinion, I'm sure Saul will have said, "We are going over here. Take this. That's extra income." I am not sure he will have Saul as a king. Wouldn't have given him something from time to time. But David's day to day was tending the sheep. But he had a side also that he loved. He didn't even make it this also. It was more of something he loved doing. So if I was talking to the person, I would say, what is it exactly that you like doing? Maybe explore it and then ask God to guide you. Um, If you now want income from it, then God to guide you to how to structure an income around it.
0: Okay, so I have one last personal question. Yeah, so sometimes last year, I made some money and I lost them all. It was quite a lot. So this year, I do not do any, I'm not doing any investment. If you tell me, I'm not coming close to you. Let my money be in the bank. Let's, um, let me see, see let, in let, each other. Let's let be seeing each other. Let these two cobo that is entering it. I know that I can, I can deal with that. So like, how do I, now you know you've said something that we, we need to still make some decision. We need to make some investment decision. Yeah. Was it not last week? Okay, I heard about one. They are buying, selling one land at Ubuntu State. Yes. Who oh might say, call them to, I was like, what if they are frauds? Like, I don't want to be. He said, once between twice shy. Like, how do I go about it?
1: Okay. I like your very, very practical question. So, first thing is, don't give up investing. Because you, money is not meant to be held, to be honest. Money is meant to, it should be working for you. So, and there are different ways you can put in mutual fund it's still looking at you, but the mutual fund is different from sitting in bank, bank. I'm seeing my allot 50 naira. No, no, no. So it's not meant to. You need to send it out, but the way you send it out um, depends on your risk appetite, right? So you need to sit down now. Uh, let's use an example of something real: 200k. Let's say you make 200k. How much of the 200k is it that if you lose, it won't affect you? It might be just 20k. If the land is such that um, it's 400k or whatever, right? Then you can start. Can you ask them if you can pay in bits? If they say no, then you can look for another one. That that 20k, which is what you can spare, they can be accept, accepting it in bits, right? Using the land example, I'm sure you have lawyer friends. You have estate management people friends. Reach out to them and they won't they won't charge you anything. Sound it by them. That's what I mean by professional. Um, getting guidance. Everybody has a lawyer friend. Everybody has a banker friend. Everybody has a medical friend. Everybody, yeah. So, and you're done. Thank you very much. Yeah, but don't give up. Sure.
2: I think I think the lawyer friends will say, "Pay me. <laughs> That's my <own> work." <laughs> yeah, I mean, if
1: if it's invo- involving now signing an agreement, yeah, you should pay. For it, yeah. Good evening everyone. Good, Good evening. evening. Sir.
3: i came in late but i heard when you mentioned having a vision board and everything so i wanted to ask like what if you have things you want and you want you put them on the vision board or you want to manifest them but like how do you really know if you're supposed to have them especially like or when you're supposed to have them you know like there are some things that are like okay yes God wants you to have them but you don't know exactly when so if I make a vision board for 2022 for instance how am I so sure that God wants me to have them in 2022 so that's my that's why I'm scared to like do a vision board
1: Okay, great question very very great question Um, so there's there's, there's a part where you anticipate God would do this or you want God to do in certain years um, certain time um, but it doesn't happen. I agree with you that it all spoons after that date. And when I look back, I was okay. It actually was better God gave me on this date. And don't don't be scared. It's your pen. It's your hand. It's God's work. So once you've written it, it's no longer your business how it's going to be done. So imagine. I'm not. I'm not a media person. I'm not a whatever person. Why on earth? Would I write to be interviewed by CNN? It didn't make sense. Just last year, and it happened. So, um, so my firm. Maybe I give you some some um, context. When the firm started, so I left KPMG, no clients. I was at home for three months. I was using one of my extra rooms. I wake up every day, take my bath, seven a.m. I'm on my plastic chair and table in my house i um, just reading, sending proposal. No client for three months, but I was doing it every day. 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Every day. Every day. You think I'm crazy? No, I wasn't, so I could take that risk then. Yeah. But I was doing it. But that shows consistency. Normally, you do it two weeks, you give up. And you sleep. I'm saying 7 a.m. to 4. So you know there's no, let me go and sleep, be no job. <laughs> right? But I was doing it for three months so fast forward I'll be writing on my vision but I wrote certain African countries now I've partnered with 14 African countries but when I was writing it down also it was ridiculous so you need to write things otherwise why do you have God? really 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 if you can write something you can achieve so why do we, why, why are we talking about God? so write something that you will know ah <laughs> you have to take Holy God though. And then write it and then one thing if you can read that success principles by john confield you need to now daily so my own vision board is by the door i skip um two three times so when i'm skipping i'm just reading that vision board a lot of them have ticked but there's some other big things that i don't know it's going to happen but except god yeah hallelujah hello so you were saying
3: um when you were working, you were putting your oil. So I've had this conversation with a lot of people, and they keep saying, put your oil. But well, here's my own scenario I'm doing a job I don't like, practically hate it, actually. From the very first day I got into the job, I knew I hated it. But I've been doing it for four years. And the environment is very toxic. Like, when I mean toxic, you can barely breathe from the toxicity around you. Then coupled with the fact that I don't hate what I'm doing, it's terrible. So I go to work every day, I'm already angry. I sit down, in short, just in the building alone, I'm upset. To not even see my boss's face, oh God, let him just call my name. Like, I don't even care whether he wants to say, give me your bio, I'm upset. So I really don't, I know I, I can do more than what I'm currently doing, but because I'm at a place where I can't just even dread up What's the word? I just can't dred up anything to put into the job. I just go, anything I can do, I do, and I close. I feel guilty. I won't lie. I actually always feel guilty when I call in my salary and back. But at the same time, I really can't put in that best that is expected. Put what I to?
1: Great, great question. So I'll give you some context also. I think first thing you do is, at least you it's clear you know what you don't like. So articulate the kind of job that you will like, right? So if possible, on your vision board, write the feeling you have. So I'm working in a social industry. I'm on the fourth floor. Um, I took a break, coffee, looking out of the window. Yeah, those are the kind of things I write. And you write it in the current tense. And once in a while, close your eyes and imagine you're already living it. So that's one part. Once you have that, now, kind of ask yourself, my own suggestion, if you can't change switch jobs, right, what are the things in this current job that, if you can, that you can learn from it? When I was in KPMG, I summarized, I just said KPMG and all of that. There were days where you cry. There were times I did 48 hours. I just left for four hours because you wanted to sign an audit. I didn't tell you all of that. So what I summarized, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. But that made me, me who I am today. If I had seniors shout, I had seniors course, seniors that will make a mistake and then blame it on you. I had someone that, for whatever reason, did not like me and was trying to bring me down in my evaluation. I didn't tell you all of that. There was Okay, let me give you an example. So, um, 2013, um, so the evaluation before the final one, somebody had set me up in a funny way um, but was overlooked. But what that meant in the final rating was before I moved to becoming the milestone senior, they must refer that that one was good. So we were supposed to go f- to South Africa for training, and then 10 a.m., the partner secretary would say, ah, clearly you can't go. And it was already announced, so it was being an embarrassment to the entire firm because they were now know what was going on. How come you didn't go with the first list? I couldn't even pray. I remember where I was. I remember how I got in news. His- I just told my senior at that particular engagement that ah, this what is happening by 2 p.m., The secretary called I don't know what happened but some of our partners came to talk to that partner the Akindele must go is a fantastic we made an error I didn't even pray I didn't tell you all of that so I'm giving you context that I have been there maybe I mean we all have different but I've been there I've cried I've done 48 hours I've done all of that but I was gleaning I was speaking the best because by the time I started my firm, that's what I still use to today. But what did I do in, in my own firm? Now um, I respect, and it's a clear thing you must respect the individual. I make sure all the, what I experience does not exist in my firm. And now I have people that ex XPW working in my firm. So, so I, I I think identify the kind of job you want, articulate it. There was so there's no there's no there, is, there, must, there must be a gain in pain. I know it's hard. I've been there, I've cried. <laughs> I've done it right. So I don't know if yours has got it to the point. Yeah, I shouted, lied at you, almost lost promotion. I was almost going to be embarrassed and all of that. So, but it's it's um, once you have that mind, maybe for me, I always knew I was going to leave. So I'll just look at them. Okay, so you do your best. One day I'll be done. I knew I knew I was a That was a countdown for me. I when it was time, I knew it was time. So I think know what you want. Um and then there's something I believe there's a message. Maybe it's maybe it's just um, a patience that God is helping you to deal with. So that when you start your business or whatever where next it takes you to, you you find patience very easy. Because you obviously as an entrepreneur you see very funny people. <laughs> funny clients, funny customers. But you need to always maintain your patience here. So